totally powerless. The powerless president. This guy has no juice. And uh, it's got to hurt. It's got to hurt. It really is bad for America. We want a president to be powerful if they're pursuing the right goals. So I don't know if I actually want this guy to be powerful, but it's kind of pathetic. He can't do the big things. He can't even do the small things like this Brittany Griner character. This uh, player is in all kinds of trouble over there in Russia. She got nine plus years in a Russian prison for having marijuana with her. Uh, Brittany, who is not a big fan of America, is very sorry now. I made an honest mistake, and I hope that in your ruling that it doesn't end my life here. I want to apologize to my teammates, my club, Gimka, the fans, and the city of ECAT for my mistake that I made and the embarrassment that I brought onto them. Look, I would like to see her brought home. She's an American. I don't agree with her politically, but I want our Americans to be in America, even if they blow off the Pledge of Allegiance, even if they blow off the national anthem. Now, the Pledge of Allegiance, before the world went crazy two years ago, it unified us, right? We're one country. And then Black Lives Matter happened. And uh, Brittany and her teammates, whenever they heard that song, they would just walk out of the arena. They would just walk away. Still, it's America. You can believe and do whatever you want within the law. Um, Joe Biden is on the case, or is he? He put out a very harsh statement, or I don't know if it's harsh. It's, it is what it is. Russia is wrongfully detaining Brittany. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. My administration will continue to work tirelessly and pursue every possible avenue to bring Brittany and Paul Whelan, oh, a former Marine, home safely as soon as possible. Tirelessly, Joe Biden, you shouldn't be bringing up anything about endurance. We, you're sleepy, Joe. Come on. Don't pretend that you have this amazing endurance. Look, you need energy. And that's what Donald Trump had. Do you remember when ASAP Rocky, he's some rap guy, he got in trouble in Sweden. I don't think he had too much in common with Donald Trump, but he went all in behind the scenes and publicly on Twitter, as only Donald Trump can do, right? Give Aesop Rocky his freedom right now. And then he stuck it to Sweden. We do so much for you guys, but it doesn't seem to work the other way around. And finally, Sweden should focus on its real crime problem and free Rocky. This works. Behind the scenes stuff. And now we actually want something from Putin. Forget Ukraine for a moment. I mean, I'll have a certain poll that's interesting in just a little bit. But first, um, it's good to have a president who has decent relationships with people you want stuff from. But I do get along with uh, with uh, President Putin. Uh, but I've been tougher on Russia than anybody else by far. He gets along with Putin. That's a terrible thing. No, it's a good thing. If I get along, that's good. He likes me. I like him. Not so bad. And we get along. I like Putin. He likes me. You know, we get along. It's better. Isn't it? Wouldn't you say it's smart to get along? Okay. Smart. It is smart. And you know who would benefit right now? A lot of people in the world. Ukraine and also Brittany Griner. Joe likes, he's not tough. So he has to talk tough and get himself into big holes and get us into big holes. All right, Putin's a war criminal. You're probably satisfied certain constituencies. You know, I think the penalty for being a war criminal in The Hague is death. Um, 
you can't get them on the phone anymore after you say stuff like that. And this. And it's Putin. It's Vladimir Putin who is to blame, period. Putin has shattered peace in Europe and attacked the very, very tenets of rule-based order. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. All right. Yeah, sounds tough. It works, but you wouldn't have to be talking like this. America would not have to have this posture if President Trump were still in office. And 62% of Americans believe Putin would not have invaded Ukraine if Trump were still president. And I am one of those 62%. Hey, in the meantime, after what happened to Brittany Griner, stay out of Russia. Uh, no one was really going over there much anymore. I was there once in the mid-1980s. That is enough for me. I will not be going back. Staying in the USA where we're supposed to be free. What does freedom really mean? Freedom of speech, right? You know about Alex Jones? Okay. I don't really watch his show or listen to his podcast all that much. But this is America and you can say what you want, right? Not really. No. Has judgment against him for a lot of money. My goodness gracious. Take a look at this. Uh, Alex Jones ordered to pay Sandy Hook parents more than $4 million. Wow. Um, I know he's a bit of a conspiracy theorist, but, you know, he's not the only one when it comes to certain conspiracy theories. There are a lot of people who believe that JFK was murdered by the CIA. You're allowed to think this kind of stuff. When it gets into Sandy Hook, I will not touch that with a 10-foot pole. I am really not familiar with his views. But at the same time, this is America, and you're allowed to say anything. And going into somebody's phone, what happened here? His lawyer turned over all of his text message for two years by accident. Listen to this. Your attorneys messed up and sent me an entire digital copy of your entire cell phone with every text message you've sent for the past two years. And when informed, did not take any steps to identify it as privileged or protected in any way. And as of two days ago, it fell free and clear into my possession. And that is how I know you lied to me when you said you didn't have text messages about Sandy Hook. Did you know that? I See, I told you the truth. This is your Perry Mason moment. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, Attorney-client privilege was violated, it seems to me, in the grossest possible way. Looking at somebody's text message for two years, it's like going into somebody's brain. So how did his lawyer do that? Why? crazy stuff. And I don't think the judge was particularly fair at all. Did you hear her? This is not your show. You need to slow down and not take what you see as opportunities to further the message you're wanting to further. And instead, only answer the specific an exact question you have been asked. The guy's uh, defending himself, right? I don't know. Every time anybody speaks, as the judge would put it, they further the message they want to further. Where did she go to law school? We'll see what happens on appeal. I don't think this is right. We'll see what happens. And enormous sympathy to anyone who's lost anybody to violence, especially a school shooting. But you're allowed to say what you want to say, I believe. All right, Betsy Ross. Hey, she created this flag. 
this is a shortened version somehow. Anyway, 13 stars in a circle. What could be wrong with this? Apparently, the FBI has a beef. Did you see what happened at the uh, Christopher Ray hearings today? Christopher Ray, FBI director, challenged by the one and only Ted Cruz. Watch this. Yesterday, it was reported that Project Veritas had obtained a copy of an FBI training material which listed various symbols and themes which, in the FBI's estimation, were indicative of, quote, militia violent extremism. Now, these symbols weren't things like the Ku Klux Klan or the Nazi Party, which naturally would be symbols of that. But instead, they included, rather astonishingly, patriotic symbols of our nation and our history. Included on this list is the Betsy Ross flag. Now, that's fairly remarkable that the Betsy Ross flag in the FBI's indication is indicative of violent uh, militia, violent extremism, because among other people who have been publicly alongside the Betsy Ross flag, we have President Barack Obama, who was sworn in directly underneath two Betsy Ross flags. But it's not just President Obama. We also have President Biden who was sworn in under Betsy Ross flags. It's not just the Betsy Ross flag. Also on this list is the Gadsden flag as a symbol of violent extremism. Now, the state of Virginia has a license plate for the Gadsden flag, as do many other states. I think people would be astonished to find that having that license plate, the FBI indicates that you're a violent extremist. Also included on this is a text that I was particularly struck is the Gonzalez battle flag. Come and take it. As indicative of being a violent extremist militia. Well, I will self-report right now that every day in the Senate I wear my boots that have the Gonzalez battle flag on the back of them. <laughs> He's terrific. He's fantastic. And uh, those symbols on official FBI DHS warnings, the Betsy Ross flag and all the stuff. What did Director Ray say? Director Ray, what are y'all doing? This makes no sense. Do you, do you agree with this FBI guidance that the Betsy Ross flag and the Gadsden flag and the Gonzalez battle flag are signs of militia violent extremism? Well, Senator, I, I'm not familiar with the particular document you have behind you, uh, and I'm not in the practice of trying to comment on documents that I haven't uh, recognized. Oh, you bureaucrat. The Federal Bureaucrats Incorporated, FBI. I saw that document on Twitter last night. This guy can't see it. It's one of the hottest stories on the Internet. I never saw that. I will not be commenting. What a dodge. Ooh, and there's more of that. Much more of that. Uh, when we come back, oh, Brianna Taylor. Remember that name? Say her name. <sighs> Local authorities in Louisville said there was no crime. Merrick Garland, for political reasons, we believe, has just arrested four cops. We'll be right back. All right, so the Hunter Biden laptop, further confirmation of its existence. 
and they are investigating. I liked what I heard one moment today from FBI Director Chris Wray under questioning from Republican of Tennessee, Senator Marsha Blackburn. Uh, do you agree that the Hunter Biden laptop was not Russia disinformation? Uh, now you're asking about an ongoing investigation uh, that I expect our folks to pursue okay. aggressively. And I just I can't comment on okay. that. All right. I like that he acknowledged its existence and there is they're pursuing it aggressively. Finally, a ray of hope. Will we get justice? Will we get answers? Overall, that place is way too political. And again, Ted Cruz calls him out on it. Director Ray, I'm deeply concerned that the FBI and the Department of Justice have become thoroughly politicized. I think this is a problem that began during the Obama administration. I think it metastasized with career officials during the Trump administration. And I think it continues and is even worse today under the Biden administration. I don't believe you personally reflect that politicization, but I think you've been unwilling to root it out and unwilling to hold people accountable for the politicization. Yeah, totally. Looks to me like actually the FBI is running Chris Ray. Could be wrong, but I think they need to be rebranded and totally overhauled, don't you? They've been politicized just 10 minutes ago. You know, they arrested the officers involved in the Brianna Taylor matter. Do you remember this? It's very sad that she was shot and killed, but local authorities ruled that the police officers did nothing wrong. Of course, the mob didn't want to hear that. Say her name. Say her name. Well, all that you see right there, especially coming from communities of color, that's political pressure, right? And how does this Biden administration respond? How do you respond, Attorney General Garland, by, I believe, breaking the law? Earlier today, I spoke with the family of Breonna Taylor. This morning, they were informed that the Justice Department has charged four current and former Louisville Metro Police Department officers with federal crimes related to Ms. Taylor's death. Breonna Taylor should be alive today. The Justice Department is committed to defending and protecting the civil rights of every person in this country. And here are the officers who were arrested by the FBI a short time ago. I believe this is politicization of the Justice Department, and that is illegal. There are all kinds of rules and laws against that because, folks, state officials in Louisville, Kentucky, the state attorney general said as bad as this was, there was no criminal liability. Daniel Cameron, the attorney general of Kentucky, laid out the case beautifully two years ago. Our investigation showed and the grand jury agreed that Mattingly and Cosgrove were justified in the return of deadly fire after having been fired upon by Kenneth Walker. It's sad, but this was already checked out by the appropriate authorities. The Biden administration should not be going here. Evidence shows that officers both knocked and announced their presence at the apartment. The officer's statements about their announcement are corroborated by an independent witness 
who was near in a proximity to apartment four. In other words, the warrant was not served as a no-knock warrant. You know, 70 years ago, you might want the federal government. Actually, we did need the federal government to go into some of these jurisdictions where, yeah, there were racist cops and racist authorities, but that was 70 years ago. This man knows what he's doing. He's really good, too. Mob justice is not justice. Justice sought by violence is not justice. It just becomes revenge. And in our system, criminal justice isn't the quest for revenge. It's the quest for truth, evidence, and facts, and the use of that truth as we fairly apply our laws. Our reaction to the truth today says what kind of society we want to be. Do we really want the truth, or do we want a truth that fits our narrative? Do we want the facts, or are we content to blindly accept our own version of events? I suspect that the Biden administration, what they did today, the attorney general, was an attempt to undercut this man to some degree. Oh, boy, did they notice him, not only at this event, but uh, overall, his political appeal, potentially. You know, he spoke at the Republican convention in 2020. Watch. Good evening. My name is Daniel Cameron. I'm 34 years old and the first African-American attorney general in Kentucky history. It is an honor to be with you as a proud Republican and supporter of Donald J. Trump. Liberals of all colors hate this guy. <laughs> this man is a threat to them and their preconceived notion. And watch him call out Joe Biden. I think often about my ancestors who struggled for freedom. And as I think of those giants and their broad shoulders, I also think about Joe Biden who says, if you aren't voting for me, you ain't black. Who argued that Republicans would put us back in chains. Who says there is no diversity of thought in the black community. Mr. Vice President, look at me. I am black. We are not all the same, sir. I am not in chains. My mind is my own. And you can't tell me how to vote because of the color of my skin. Wow. So who do you trust more? Daniel Cameron or Merrick Garland, huh? Who do you think delivered justice? I'm going with Daniel Cameron. <laughs> uh, he's light years ahead of the Biden administration. All right. Now, Liz Cheney is desperate right now. Uh, her primary is in less than two weeks, I believe, in Wyoming. It looks like she's going down. So they're bringing out the big guns, the big shotguns. Dick Cheney, her father. <laughs> this was actually a commercial. This is Dick Cheney in a commercial designed to appeal to people. Take a look at him. Does that look appealing? I don't. I don't Let's hear what he had to say. In our nation's 246-year history, there has never been an individual who is a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. <laughs> Trump derangement syndrome. Donald Trump. Never, ever, anyone, one person, the threat. We don't see it that way, Mr. Vice President. You can see for yourself, he is wildly popular with Republicans everywhere he goes post Presidency and pre-presidency, in my opinion. All right. One more chunk from this ad. He is a coward. A real man wouldn't lie to his supporters. Wow. 
Funny that you should use the word lie, huh? Lie. How about you and weapons of mass destruction in Iraq? Thousands of people, thousands of Americans, tens of thousands of Iraqis died because of your lie. Simply stated, there is no doubt that Saddam Hussein now has weapons of mass destruction. There is no doubt that he is amassing them to use them against our friends, against our allies, and against us. Thanks for nothing, Dick. And we reject, I, speaking for myself, reject Liz. She has disgraced herself and this country, which is the opposite of what you rhinos think. Lynn and I are so proud of Liz for standing up for the truth, doing what's right, honoring her oath to the Constitution, when so many in our party are too scared to do so. This is a desperate man, eager to cover up how he made $100 million as a result of his government service. You're proud? You're proud of the January 6th hearings and how they've been conducted? No cross-examination, predetermined conclusions? You're proud of all of this? You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. Final word from Liz Cheney herself. I'm Liz Cheney, and I approve this message. Let's face it. She looks a lot like that uh, HHS assistant secretary, right? Every time. I mean, uh, I'm not, there's no disrespect, but they look a lot alike. All right, we'll see what happens uh, in Wyoming. All right, stay with us. Ooh, John Fetterman. He's running for Senate in Pennsylvania. You know, he carries himself like this everyman, a blue-collar, working-class dude. Turns out he's a trust fund baby. He's been getting money from his parents all the way into his 40s. We'll be right back. The fake news just doesn't get it, do they? They don't. And boy, oh boy, are they so committed to calling the election of 2020, what, the most fair, the most secure in history. Obviously, it wasn't. All right. And we can express our concerns about the fairness of that election. This is still America. But look at how they want to demonize us. Anybody who raises a question, they essentially want to criminalize it. It's crazy stuff. Their new term is, uh, well, it's this. One of the troubling themes in this election year, election deniers. Trump-backed election deniers. These election deniers. GOP election deniers are on the ballot. Your Republican Party's next nominee for governor could be an election denier. You're going to have election deniers win. Um... Well, a couple things on this. Number one, Carrie Lake. What's going on in Arizona? I mean, it looks like there could be a lot of trouble with the counting. And we're going to have Kelly Ward on in just a little bit. She's going to tell us what's happening there. We love Carrie Lake. And you want to talk about election denial? They're denying that anything is going on in Arizona. I mean, like literally anything is going on. So this is this is Politico. This is where the all the D.C. swamp junkies go for their news. There is not. Let's see here. There's one. There's no stories about Carrie Lake at all. Uh, Dems, uh, the farmer situation, uh, Western Massachusetts, uh, Trump. It's 2015 all over again. Uh, nothing about what's happening there. I mean, that's the hottest story in America right now. Politically, they only want to write about Republicans who are on the decline 
or Democrats and their comings and goings. That's the only time they seem to write about Republicans. It's amazing. I can keep going through this and through this and through this. I'm 25 stories in right now. Nothing on. I mean, isn't that a good story? What's going on in Arizona? That, this, politico.com, that's election denialism right there. Okay, what else is going on? MSNBC and their woke sister station, Peacock, still crazy. Inflation, it's almost a privilege to care about inflation as your number one issue. Um, The same is true of gas prices or even the idea that it's the economy stupid. I always found that analysis lacking because as a black person, I don't want to get killed on the way to my job. So I'm glad I have a job. I'm glad I make a living wage. But if I can't be alive, (laughs) then what does that other stuff matter? Well, nobody wants to be killed on their way to job. Black, white, Asian, nobody wants to be killed. And crime is skyrocketing all over the place. It affects all of us. If it were coming from somebody else other than Zerlina Maxwell, she's one of these folks who sees racism everywhere. Ice cream is racist, that kind of stuff. Uh, But no, she's uh, raging against white privilege. And her buddy here goes right along with it. If you just lost your life because you are the wrong color and you were pulled over somewhere, uh, inflation doesn't really matter to you or, or, or to your loved ones. Uh, there are much broader things going on right now in this country that affects so many demographics that the dollars to cents case that, that has been made time and again about, you know, like I said, it's the economy stupid. Uh, there, there's a blind spot there. And you'll notice that the majority of people who make that statement are, are, are generally white. Silly white people and their economic concerns. Everybody has economic concerns. Everybody. I think what this guy is getting at is we should go back to the root cause of the problem. White supremacy. Now, we hate white supremacy, but it's just not the existential threat they say it is. It's a joke. It's not a thing. It's not a factor in everybody's life. But boy, oh boy, they want it to be. They see it everywhere. Hey, Breonna Taylor, back in the news Uh, This was a profile piece about Louisville, and just look at the observations they make and how skewed and arguably racist they are. This is the 9th Street Divide. There's no signage marking it, but it's known to local residents as a physical and economic separation of West Louisville, a mostly black community, from the rest of the city, a symbolic racial divide. In Louisville, black residents represent 21% of the population, but were involved in around 50% of the police use of force incidents. The implication that Lester Holt is making is that the police are going out of their way to pick on people of color in that community. But something he did not tell us in this report, 71% of the crime victims in Louisville happen to be black. It's a big part of the story that he omitted. All right. Who likes Josh Hawley, the Republican from Missouri? This guy is super smart. And uh, this went viral. Remember when he just wanted to clarify, hey, what are we talking about here? Men and women, right? Uh, It was one of those moments. And it was great. I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing them. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? Denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist. I'm denying that trans people exist by asking you you if you're talking about women having pregnancies. Do you believe that uh, men can get pregnant? 
No, I don't think. <laughs> so you are denying that trans people like this. Thing. And that leads. It's wild, huh? That's totally wild. So Josh Hawley infuriated the woke left and parts of the LGBTQ plus community. Certain parts, certain parts, radical parts. And they've been on a tear. In the Washington Post today, uh, Josh Hawley's problem with masculinity. He is selling a vision of masculinity to white America that has much more to do with prejudice than manliness, according to Jonathan Capehart. Uh, the pitch holds natural appeal for older white men who already hew to traditional morals. But what about the younger white men who watch Ultimate Fighting but still like their LGBTQ co-workers and have friends who have had abortions? I think he's off on a bit of a tangent here. Hawley figures he can woo them, too, so long as they share one potent trait with the older group, racial resentment. This vision of masculinity is as much about being white as it is about being a man. What the heck is he talking about? That's Jonathan Capehart. I knew him when he wasn't crazy. This is crazy stuff. I wonder what he thinks of me these days. All right. Anyway, uh, it's time to talk about ooh, John Fetterman. He is the Democrat lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania, and he's running for the U.S. Senate. This is his official picture as lieutenant governor. This. There's something wrong with this guy. Who shows up for a who shows up for a, an official photo like this in that shirt? I'm sorry. Call me an elitist. I think you wear a tie when you're the lieutenant governor and it's a uh, picture day. You know who does this? A rich kid. Oh, turns out he's a rich kid. First of all, let's get to know him a little bit. He's uh, well, take a look at the town where he was the mayor. The collapse of the U.S. steel industry left this borough in the shadow of Pittsburgh in ruins. Trains don't stop here anymore. Storefronts are shuttered. Homes crumbling. Today, 90% of the population of Braddock has left. Less than 3,000 people remain. The poverty rate here is three times the national average. There is no restaurant or ATM, no gas station or supermarket. Okay, in a world that's not crazy, being the mayor of this town as distressed as it is, would not be a, a launching pad for higher office. But being things as they are, this mayoralty got him lieutenant governor. It may get him the Senate. I don't think so. Next. Meet Braddock Mayor John Fetterman, six foot eight, 350 pounds. He's a man whose dreams for this shattered town match his mammoth figure. He first showed up in Braddock nine years ago doing community service. To those who ask why, why, why you're doing this? I, I would just really respond like, why not? Fetterman says what he calls Braddock's malignant beauty kept him here. His first investment in the town was his home, an old warehouse he bought for $2,000. You call this the million dollar view. Yeah, because uh, from my perspective, it doesn't get any better or more historic uh, than, than this. Uh, whatever you say, John, he's doing the whole uh, Barack Obama thing, community organizer, right? And, uh, well, it's worked so far, this working man routine, you know? I mean, he's, look at the tattoos. I mean, you know he's the real deal when you got tattoos all over your uh, arm and your uh, chest and all that stuff. Well, he's a rich kid. He only makes 150 bucks as mayor a month. So where does the money come from? 
his parents, and it's been coming to him for years, well into adulthood. The Philadelphia Inquirer has this. John Fetterman's parents gave him money into his 40s. Republicans say that undercuts his blue-collar image. Yeah, I would agree. Number one, public records show that for a long stretch, lasting well into his 40s, his main source of income came from his parents, who gave him and his family $54,000 in 2015 alone. Next, in 2013, he moved to an industrial-style loft. I think we just saw that. He purchased from his sister hmm, for $1 after she paid $70,000 for it six years earlier. What else? Fetterman, 52, grew up in a cushy environment in York County. His upbringing helped him get an MBA from the University of Connecticut and a master's degree from Harvard without taking on student debt. All right. Oh, finally, the only publicly disclosed age showed four $13,500 gifts. Each parent gave that amount to Fetterman and his wife, Giselle. Those increments were just below the $14,000 threshold for taxable gifts at the time. All right. So, yeah, a lot of people would like to um, putz around a small town if their parents could pay the bills. This is similar to the uh, Barack Obama stunt. That's routine with the shirt, by the way. Yeah, I, I I, just, I'm very suspicious of this. This was the giveaway to me. I noticed it a long time ago. We'll see what happens. Dr. Oz is the Republican nominee for the U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania. The election is in November. Okay, stay with us. What is going on in Arizona? Carrie Lake, she should have been declared the winner by now, it seems. What's the holdup? We'll be right back. that our election officials had their act together, don't we? I wish they could count votes. I wish they didn't give us the felt tip pens that we know we don't like. I wish it were all better, but we didn't have the people with courage last session to get anything done. Wow. Uh, That's Carrie Lake, a total superstar. You know, election day was two days ago. She's in the lead right now. They still haven't called Arizona. Um, what's going on there? I, I, I Look, I'm rooting for her. I like her a lot, but I'd like to bring in Kelly Ward. She's the chairwoman of the Arizona Republican Party. Kelly, welcome back. How are you? What's going on in Arizona, please? Hey, Greg. It's great to be back with you. And Carrie Lake is exactly right. I wish we had competence in all of our election departments across the state. I do expect that we're going to see a pretty big ballot drop in Maricopa County in about a half an hour. They're saying it's going to be around 70,000 ballots. People who dropped off their their mail ballot that they were mailed, they didn't trust the Postal Service. They didn't trust the county. They wanted to bring those in on Election Day. Maricopa County has spent a lot of time verifying the signatures, so hopefully that's been done competently. And then now they've been able to tabulate some of those ballots. But I'll tell you this, every single ballot drop that's coming from anywhere in the great state of Arizona is overwhelmingly for Cary Lake. Overwhelmingly for Cary Lake, except in Maricopa County, right? And you got you said seventy thousand. This is the other one's stronghold. You know this stuff far better than I do. Is that enough to uh, present a uh, challenge or any problems for Cary Lake? No, I think Karen Robeson Taylor should have already conceded. Myself, I don't think that there's a path forward for her. 
uh, to be able to win this election. We've only got 96 days now, 95, because today's basically over, 95 days until the general election where we have to defeat the Democrats across the board so that we can save this great country. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how these 70,000 ballots come. I expect them to be very similar to the people that voted on the same day, even in Mar Maricopa County, where about 66% of the votes went for Cary Lake across the state. I think that Carrie will have the majority in even Maricopa County. She's already leading in 14 out of 15 of our counties. We've only got 15 counties. I think she's taken Maricopa County tonight. You know what makes me a little bit suspicious? The national media are, there's almost a blackout on this story. I know it looks pretty intense there in Arizona. I'm looking at Politico. I did this earlier in the show. They got about 75 stories on their website, not one about Arizona. Uh, I mean, talk about election deniers. <laughs> There's something very funny about that. You have any thoughts? Have you noticed that or am I uh, is it just me? Oh, yes. I mean, well, look, last night on Fox News, Laura Ingram, who I love, put out a, just basically complete and total fake news. She took Maricopa County numbers only and pretended that Karen Robeson Taylor is ahead. That is not, that is, there's nothing further from the truth. Carrie Lake continues to edge forward, forward, forward. She's only gone up in her lead. So this is going to be very exciting what happens in about a half. Kelly Ward, we appreciate it. Please come back more often. Chairwoman of the Arizona Republican Party. Thanks very much. Thanks. Thanks, Greg. Save America. All right. Sounds great. We'll be right back. In our nation's 246-year history, there has never been an individual who is a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. Could be a terminal case of Trump derangement syndrome. And for Dick Cheney and whoever made this commercial, do you think this is going to convince anybody? Look at that guy. This is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Possibly the worst political ad ever. He made it for Liz, who's probably going to lose in Wyoming, running for re-election. We're joined now by Mark Simone, iHeartRadio talk show host and Craig Shirley, presidential historian, author of his latest book is April 1945, The Hinge of History. Fantastic. Craig, first to you. You've seen a lot of these ads. We all have. This one seemed to be, in my opinion, the worst. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's, it's a Hail Mary uh Greg, I've, in a previous incarnation, I worked on a lot of these campaigns. And first of all, Dick Cheney is a figure from the past. Second of all, he hasn't stood for election in many, many years in Wyoming. Third of all, he's the architect of the of the Iraqi disaster. And that's still, you know, the Republican Party has booted out the neocons out of the party. So, look, if my daughter or your daughter were in this situation, we'd come to her assistance, too. But this is, sadly, it's not going to help. Uh, her, you know, local officials need to be engaged, not national officials, if she's going to pull it over the line, which she's not going to do. She's behind, what, 20, 30 points in the polls. So I don't see her uh, pulling this one out. And Mark, I don't uh, <laughs> live in Wyoming, but I think this ad's going to give me bad dreams. Oh, no, I love this. Whoever thought you'd live to see Dick Cheney putting out comedy videos. This is great. <laughs> I've always found a good lesson in life. Always do the opposite of whatever Dick Cheney does, and you'll be fine. Now, every major liberal anchor, columnist, everybody's on record as saying this is the most evil man on earth. Not just Iraq and WMD, torture, Abu Karab, Halliburton, 
uh, gun violence. He shot a guy in the face and then made the guy apologize to him. Uh, and, and he thinks Trump lost. Wait till he sees what happens to his daughter coming up. Oh, Mark. All right. So look, uh, yeah, it's uh, not looking good. Oh, speaking of comedy videos, uh, arguably, this is one. Joe Biden speaking about cars uh, today at some energy event. I must admit, in total disclosure, I've, I've spoken to the chairwoman about the possibility of my being able to buy one of those Corvettes that are electric vehicles that, uh, you know, when they come out. Uh, I'm not going to be able to do it because I can't drive a vehicle while I'm vice president, while I'm president, any more than I can when I was vice president. But I think we can change the face of the country with this legislation and reduce inflation, not increase it. I mean, can we stop pretending that this is a president? It's crazy stuff. Uh, uh, you're, uh, Craig, uh, this is getting really pathetic. No, this bill is so corrupt. It's going to hang like a hangman's noose over every Democrat running for uh, election or re-election this fall. And they're going to be running like running away from Biden like a scalded cat. Uh, is that, you know, for for Biden, it's simply the lie of the day. One day he's a former member of the Naval Academy. Another day it's, uh, you know, he makes pink snowballs. It does, it's just a lie of the day. Nobody's going to believe him about buying a car. And besides, who's going to drive it for him? <laughs> Mark, I think you've known uh, Donald Trump longer than uh, anybody on this panel. Um How's he doing? And what do you think about the midterms? It, there's a rumor that he might declare before the midterms, as you know. Yeah, I hope he doesn't, just because it'll confuse things. It's just uh, yeah. it's not the time to do it. I think uh, Republicans sweep. They need a contract for America like Newt Gingrich did uh, and hopefully uh, a big sweep. And then it'll be perfect for uh, Trump to announce he's running. Uh, and the more you look at Joe Biden, the more people want Donald Trump. I mean, Biden made uh, Cheney look youthful. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, gentlemen, thank you. And uh, I think she's somewhat youthful. Uh, at 90, we want to wish happy birthday to Craig's mom, Barbara. There the two of you are. Craig, uh, what are you guys doing for your mom's birthday? By the way, wait a second. Is that really your mom? I'm sorry, but she looks... Uh, uh, she looks a lot. I, 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 she doesn't look old enough to be your mom. What's going on, Craig? Isn't that, isn't that nice? Yes, it's been like that my whole life. Actually, she's only 39 years of age. I'm 64, 65, but she's only 39. But we're all gathered here at my sister's and my brother-in-law's house uh, celebrating her uh, birthday. So we're having a wonderful time. And thank you for wishing her happy birthday, Greg. Absolutely. Happy birthday. A pleasure to do it and, uh, and, uh, and an honor. All right. So, guys, we'll see you on the radio. Mark Simone, iHeartRadio. Check it out. And, Craig, the books are amazing. The latest one, April 1945. Uh, get it wherever books are sold. We'll be right back. Thanks, gents. Thanks. Hey, tomorrow night, right here on Newsmax, there will be a Trump rally. So check it out. I personally will be checking it out from home, taking the Friday off. Uh, have a good one and many, many thanks. Take care.